What's up, everyone? Hello, welcome back to another episode of Space Talk. We've had quite a lot this week. Uh, I'm so shocked that it's already Friday. So, hello, welcome. I'm your host, Athena Brensberger. This episode is titled String Theory. Very, very broad subject. So, this is going to be a really interesting thing to get into. It's funny, it's broad yet at the same time, very, very teeny tiny. It's like. It's like a superposition of particles, which is kind of what we'll be talking about today. We're talking about quantum physics. I'm so excited for this episode. There are so many things to talk about. Um, so quick note. Hello. What's up? Welcome. Welcome to the live stream. Going to give a quick shout out to those listening live, Lauren and Kartavia. Hello. Feel free to utilize that chat feature um, and write any questions or comments. The last few episodes have been super lit in the chat. I've been loving everything that everyone's been just commenting and asking. Uh, it's been so awesome. Uh, it's just made this this so much more enjoyable. Um, so let's see a few announcements. Next week, we've got a special guest interview on Wednesday. We've got a ton of like a whole lineup of a ton of different episodes as well that I've already scheduled. Um, and then one more note, I realized that like basically my whole Twitter feed is like just space talk like promotions literally just like as soon as i go live i just share this to twitter like so quickly um and i just realize it's like so funny because i don't really i don't really tweet much uh and and i guess maybe i could start doing that uh i don't know it's it's never really kind of been a big interest of mine um i i just i don't know i don't seem to to sit and uh, express thoughts, but I have a lot of thoughts, so maybe I should start expressing them in uh, on Twitter. Okay, so uh, let's see. Question of the day: um, What is like your uh, like favorite article of clothing? Your most like comfortable outfit, whatever it is. Uh, for me, I like sweatpants. They're like probably my favorite thing ever. Uh, or jumpsuits. Jumpsuits can be can be a best friend. So kind of a random question, but uh, maybe it's a hat. Maybe it's socks. I really, really like socks as well. Uh, so feel free to comment that. Um, otherwise, if you want to, no biggie too. Um, but I think the reason why I like jumpsuits so much is because they're very similar to spacesuits. And uh, it's just one easy article of clothing. You just throw it on and you're ready to go. Uh, kind of like a dress, except that this uh, has pants connected. Um, okay, so string theory. Um, so we're going to be chatting a little bit about this. And um, yeah, just sort of like, you know, I guess sort of a, a huge disclaimer about this is like, I don't study string theory. I don't study particle physics. So this stuff is really just stuff that like really interests me and stuff I'm kind of finding online and just sort of things that, that uh, I've learned over the years just from pursuing science communication, pursuing, uh, you know, a, d a degree in astrophysics, which I'm, I'm working on and, uh, you know, stuff, stuff like that. So, so this is something that um, just sort of comes up quite a lot because it's tied to the very essence of, of life itself and reality. Um, so kind of to start off with sort of the broad idea of what string theory is, is it's kind of an attempt at a theory of everything, a physics theory of everything, which is a quick, like, uh, spoiler alert. Um, I have something very similar coming out soon about the theory of everything. And that's the most I could say until it's actually out. Uh, I can't say what it is or where it's going to be, but it's going to be something really cool and funky and interesting. And I can't wait for it. So streak theory is sort of this like attempt, um, from theoretical physicists and, uh, yeah. So theoretical physicists are, are though are physicists who, 
mainly specify uh, in like heavy amounts of mathematics and formulas to try to construct uh, broader concepts, ideas, and understandings of our real world, of what reality is. Uh, the reason the term is theoretical that's used for them is because they do work on a basis of theory. Uh, not so much observation, but there are things that are based on observations such as data collected by like objects that have a gravitational effect and, and Einstein's theory of general relativity and all these things that are observed and understood about the universe are then used to construct theories on deeper levels, such as string theory. Um, and there's a video I'm, I'm going to play so we could kind of hear the audio of Brian Greene sort of talking it through. But just, just before I, I, I play that, um, just to give a little bit of a... I guess a brief on my understanding of it is what makes up the subatomic particles that make up atoms that make up matter. So if we were to zoom down, we have like our physical matter, then we have the atoms that make us up. And then uh, the things that make up atoms are called subatomic, literally because they are smaller than atoms. So subatomics. And so it is uh, sort of the subcategory of the atom, and they are what make up atoms. But then what is it that makes up these quantum particles, or so such as like quarks and um, other things that are subatomic particles? It's the best I could explain it. Uh, and so, so, so the theory basically is there are these kinds of vibrating strings, like filaments, that make it up. And each vibration results in a different kind of atom resulting in a different kind of element resulting in a different kind of molecule and so think of it like and again we'll play the video uh but but think of it like strings on a guitar and each string vibrates differently to produce a different note so if anyone understands music this might be a little bit uh, of, of a easy connection for you um and so this idea that the very essence of real reality of matter is made up of these kind of vibrations, these vibrating filaments, and each vibrate at a different frequency that make up the different atoms. Uh, and so, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, there was something else I was going to mention, but we're just going to go ahead and play the video because that might sort of bring up the idea. But so going off that basis, let's tune in to this Brian Greene short one minute, sorry, two minute and 33 second video. Um, I could pause it throughout it um, to maybe like address anything that he mentions, but I just really love how this is explained. Here's the link, by the way, if you guys want to listen to watch that uh, sort of on your own. It has a lot of really cool animations to it, but the audio description is very good in itself. So that's why I chose it for this episode. All right, let's listen in. Imagine I have a beautiful tree that's filled with oranges. And I ask myself, what is the orange made of? How do I answer that question? Well, I want to look deeply inside the orange, so I magnify it. And I magnify it again, and if I keep on doing it, deep inside, sooner or later, I begin to see molecules come into view. But molecules are not the end of the story, because the molecules, I can enlarge them. And if I make them big enough deep inside, I begin to see atoms. Atoms are not the end of the story, too, because we have electrons 
zooming around the nucleus. Deep inside, mostly empty space in the atom, but deep inside, we see the nucleus. So if I grab that and magnify it, I see that the nucleus is itself made of particles, neutrons and protons. And if I grab one of the neutrons and magnify it, I find yet further particles, little tiny quarks inside. Now that is where the conventional ideas stop. String theory comes along and suggests that inside these particles there is something else. So if I take a little quark and I magnify it, conventional idea says there's nothing inside, but string theory says I'll find a little tiny filament, a little filament of energy, a little string-like filament. And just like the string on a violin, I pluck it and it vibrates creates a little musical note that I can hear. The little strings in string theory, when they vibrate, they don't produce musical notes, they produce the particles themselves. So a quark is nothing but a string vibrating in one pattern. An electron is nothing but a string vibrating in a different pattern. A neutrino, nothing but a string vibrating in a different pattern still. So if I take all of this back together, I have my ordinary orange, and if these ideas are right, they are speculative, but if they are right, deep inside the orange or any other piece of matter is nothing but a dancing, vibrating, cosmic symphony of strings. All That's right. The basic idea of string theory. So, great video. You guys should definitely watch it because the animations are are pretty pretty mint, if I may say so. Mint, I think that's still a term that's used by cool kids these days. Uh, so what's interesting about it is is this sort of like passion and drive for humanity to understand and construct this theory of everything. Like, what is everything made of? Why are we here? Like, what exists beyond atoms? How do we zoom down into a neutron? Like, what, what you know, at the, at the nucleus of an atom, like, what's inside that? And then you go even further, what's inside the subatomic particles? Um, and I think that what I find to be the most fascinating about this, and we'll, we'll also kind of get to the downside of string theory, the debate of why some people think it's it's kind of phony. Um, but what I think is could be the most fascinating thing, an idea around string theory, is this idea that these vibrating filaments are energy, that they may be like strings of energy. So not that it's like physical matter, but in fact that it's non-physical energy. Um, and I think that would be really fascinating to sort of come, come upon and discover, because if that were to be true, then just, I think, I don't know. I mean, who knows what really, what, what, what could happen next, but I think it might really shift our perspective of how we think of ourselves because if we right now think of ourselves as these physical bodies that decay over time and then we die, that's, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's sad and it's kind of morbid, but at the same time, we're, we've sort of accepted that as our reality. But if we instead realize that we're actually these balls of energy within us, that when that physical matter decays, what happens with that physical, that, that non-physical energy almost. Um, and that's sort of a really out there thought, I guess, that just, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't I can't say there's any truth to it, but I just think that that could be really fascinating, and and we might understand a little bit more about, um, yeah, these things that almost humanity has been approaching towards by saying things like, oh, like 
I, I'm, I'm such a chill vibe right now. Or I love her vibe. Like she's such a cool vibe or don't kill my vibe. Like this, or I love their energy. This, the energy of the room or the energy of this room is so bad. It's, it's, you know, this terminology is used so much. And I think this is like humanity's way naturally through evolution of trying to approach something deeper, um, something more than just sort of accepting that things are really just uh, some, you know, way that our brain processes stuff. It releases certain neurons, that which which results in, you know, a certain type of emotion that then like triggers the heart rate to go up and, you know, gives you the sensation of love or happiness or joy or sadness or angst or all these different emotions. But instead, if it's actually a less physical thing and it's actually more generated by uh, a form of energy I think that could be really pretty cool to to discover, and that would be like a huge Nobel Prize of physics. So um, let's see. So we're going to hop to now sort of the what's wrong with string theory. Like what don't people like about it? Is it actually accurate? Like is it something that's going to lead to the, you know, uh, like the, yeah, the Nobel Prize in, in physics for somebody, or is it going to end up being just this this theory that ended up not being true at all. Um, and also, is this going to end up being the theory of everything or the theory of nothing? So let's see. We've got a comment in the chat saying, uh, Tesla, think of energy, frequency, and vibration. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Um, so I, and I, I, I really love that too um, about Tesla too, just sort of thinking about everything in the form of energy uh, is I think a really valuable way to, to approach life. So I decided to just sort of do a quick Google search of what's wrong with string theory. And I'm going to read some things that we found and then we'll explore a little bit further. But I found, uh, first is, is a blog in scientific American and it says, uh, the internal problems of the string theory are even more serious after another decade of research. These include the complexity ugliness and lack of explanatory power of models designed to connect string theory with known phenomena, as well as the continuing failure to come up with a consistent formulation in the theory. So yeah, this, whoever wrote this was definitely really heated, uh, was definitely a very anti-string theory person, I guess. Um, but, but let's kind of break this down. Like what, uh, what do they mean by the string theory has a lack of of explaining the models that are designed to connect string theory with known phenomena. So the first thing that I would explore with that, so how, how are the current models of string theory trying to connect the very theory itself with models of known phenomena such as gravity? And so if we sort of explore what gravity, uh, how, how gravity plays a role in string theory, um, I looked that up, but but first I'm going to just quick read this this quick sentence in Quanta magazine. It says, string theory has so far failed to live up to its promise as a way to unite gravity and quantum mechanics. So we talked about gravity before uh, as based on, you know, GR theory by, by uh, Einstein, that a body of mass in space will ha- will create a gravitational effect on things around it. So it'll start to warp the very essence of space itself. It'll cause nearby objects to start to fall in towards it. Um, and so if we have, you know, any kind of body of mass, there has to be some sort of effective gravity. 
and uh, with this understanding of th string theory, that hasn't been the case. So let's explore how and why. Um, so now I'm re re referring over to space.com, uh, a link written this January of 2022. It's titled, What is String Theory? I'll share all these articles as well by the end of this episode. And it says, string theory is a framework that physicists use to describe how forces usually conceptualize on a gigantic level like gravity and how that could affect tiny objects like electrons and protons. Um, and so as we mentioned, I'm around the massive objects, but it seems as though the current models of string theory have not yet been able to tie together the connection or like the connective tissue between gravity and these tiny, tiny particles. Um, it ends up explaining that uh, gravity is kind of like part of this particular vibrating string whose properties correspond to that of the hypothetical graviton, which is a quantum me uh, mechanical particle that would carry the gravitational force. This is another article I'll share, and this is in Live Science. So a graviton um, is that this is a hypothetical particle that is gravity in itself. This is what gravity is is made up of. This carries a gravitational force. And so um, the way it's explained in string theory is that there must be some kind of like quantum particle known as a graviton that is what is supporting the effects of gravity in string theory. All of this just sounds bonkers, by the way, just like re reading this out loud to you guys. It sounds so wild and so, so crazy. Um, and I, I, I do not fully understand it. I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, and I think that that's what's so fascinating about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start to share these articles. Here is first the Live Science article titled, What is String Theory? Um, and it, it kind of goes into sort of the history of it. Uh, it talks about, um, you know, of course, it talks about Einstein's theory of general relativity, goes into the 1960s and 70s when strings were used to model data coming out of subatomic colliders in Europe. And that eventually how it got developed in the 80, you know, 1980s, and then by 1995. So it's it's a pretty cool article. I, I recommend, um, yeah, pro probably checking this. I think that this is, yeah. Uh, some people are really like, yeah, this is for sure the theory of everything. This is what proves it all. And then there's people who are just like, this is totally not legit. This can't be real. So there's the second article. This is also what is string theory. Um, and this is by space.com. I'm going to go ahead and share the quantum magazine link as well. So let's go ahead and bring that one up. And this one is called The Strange Second Life of String Theory. So let's go ahead and share that link in the chat. And uh, let's see if this was something else I wanted to mention in here. The last article, if you guys want to read this, is titled Why String Theory is Still Not even wrong. Physicist, mathematician, and blogger Peter Wart wax strings, multiverses, simulated universes as fake physics. So that's going to be a really kind of 
I don't know, I think an, an obnoxious read, but a probably um, helpful read as well. It just sounds like it has so much angle to it that that it's just going to come off really aggressive and and very matter of fact and as if this person writing it is the... <laughs> The no, the, I don't know, just strongly opinionated. That's all I'll just say. Um, but it could be really, again, I think it's a useful read because it's useful to look at all different views on these current very uh, debatable theories. Um, and that's that's sort of the right way to, I would say, approach life in general is to sort of look at all these different perspectives because otherwise we're just going to be very one-sided and we won't be able to shape our own decision or our own ideas around things. So uh, this is something that's really interesting. Um, I, I think that this could be really cool. Uh, you know, it's cool in, in idea, but not really in practice. It hasn't really been uh, observed or tested. There's there's like no way that this, can, this kind of concept right now with our kind of technology can really start to be, um, I guess, tested on or have like experiments done. The closest thing is, is having a, a giant particle collider. Um, so you've got both uh, the LHC, the Large Hadron Collider, and then you've also got CERN, which is also pretty cool. And um, you've got both of these that, that could be, yeah, there could be some cool stuff coming out of these. If, you, if you've never heard about the Large Hadron Collider, it's the world's largest energy particle collider. Um, it was built by the European Organization for Nuclear Research. And is this the one I tend to mix up the LHC at CERN with something else? I'm forgetting what the other one was. It was because um, I think that is this the one that has two different locations? If anyone knows about the LHC, let me know. This one is in Geneva. It's a circular shape. And then there's something else that is I'm, I'm completely forgetting the name right now, but I'll find it later and I'll, I'll reference it over to you guys. So this is pretty cool, too, if you guys want to sort of whoop, give this stuff a watch or listen later. So here is a video I'm going to share with you all of the LHC restarts. So it's restarted after taking a break for a few for a few years for maintenance. Uh, this video was just recently published. So this was April 22nd, 2022. And... Um, just for a little bit of perspective, uh, this is a 27-kilometer ring, and the amount of injection energy that it produces uh, on these colliding particles is 450 billion electron volts, which is, yeah, just sounds like a really, really big number. So here's here's that YouTube video link if you want to go ahead and check out that episode. I think it'd be, or that, that video would be pretty cool. Um, and what's up to everyone I just saw who just joined, uh, Ilumeo and Isaac. Good to see you guys here. Uh, we are chatting a little bit about string theory, um, a lot about kind of the debate and why it is widely uh, not accepted by many physicists and why uh, a lot of physicists also think that it is the theory of everything. Uh, which is which is kind of a, a crazy uh, sort sort of thought in itself, um, and so you guys should definitely go check out the Large Hadron Collider. It'd be really cool. It's a super large science experiment. I'm seeing a, a video now by by the Physics Girl, so I'm gonna go ahead and share that as well. Uh, there's so many good videos I've watched here before uh, of the Large Hadron Collider, 
And it looks like we've got a link shared in the chat by Loki Slogan. This is nature. Next generation LHC CERN lays out plans for 21 billion euro super collider. Um, 2019. Okay, yeah. Right on. I'm going to give this a read a little bit later. Thanks for, for sharing that. Um, I don't believe in string theory or dark matter. I'm a real radical. All right. Let's hear a little bit of, of what your, your views are on it. Do you want to come on the show and, and hop on the microphone? Do you want to type a little bit about why you, uh, why, yeah, why you said what you said? So what, why you think that, um, string theory or dark matter are something that you don't, is it that you just don't believe in it? Or is it something you just think is, is like totally, totally phony? Is that a choice? Or is it that you think that it may actually be legitimate, but you just rather not believe in it? Because to believe in something or not is is sometimes not even relevant to whether something exists or not. And I think we, we, we see that quite a lot from our own differenting opinions and belief systems uh, in various different formats about things. Uh, and so sometimes our... our <laughs> One way of, of thinking about it is I think that when we start to believe a lot or not believe a lot in things, it can sort of shade us from what might actually be legitimately true or not true. Um, and I think that that's sort of what we see here about the debate of string theory is a lot of people who are very like, you know, for it, um, they might full flesh and blood believe that like this is legitimate, that this is something that's really cool, or they might just quote unquote believe in it because it's something that they spent many years do working on. And so that's that's sort of the massive grain of, of salt when it comes to scientific research is you have to sort of understand that maybe sometimes things that you might have been working on turn out to just not even be uh, something that is actually uh, what you thought it was. So an example is a pulsar. Um, for a very long time, the, the, the first discovery, the radio signal coming from the first pulsar that was discovered, um, astronomers were... were pretty set on thinking it was some kind of civilization contacting us. Um, and it turned out that it wasn't, and that it was actually a radio signal coming from a star that happened to be spinning, which had never been discovered before until that moment. Um, and so it was, it was really cool. Well, stars do spin, but this one was spinning and, and released a really high amount of radiation from its poles. Um, ooh, okay, we've got some comments. Let's see, let's see. Uh, Author Lauren Patzer says, I think the debate around dark matter and strings uh, should be couched in an understanding that they are theories, not proven constants in science. Yeah. I'll even argue further about proven constants in science as well, because I, I just really wonder, too, you know, with our understanding of, of the cosmic speed limit, the speed of light, uh, we haven't observed anything that's faster than, you know, the speed of light, but... Maybe there is something and we just have it. We can't access it right now. We don't have the technology or the awareness or the just understanding of our universe. Uh, so there might be something else that is that could totally change a constant in science, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of frustrating. It, it, it aggravates a lot of people because I think a lot of people that are into science are, are into it because they want to have some form of concrete facts to stand on. But the reason I'm into science is because sometimes those those concrete things could just be like, oh wait, suddenly it's it's jello and it's water, it's spilling out all over the place, and it turned out this isn't what we thought it was. Um, and I think that that's sort of an exhilarating ride to be on. 
in life. Uh, so Jayer says, uh, I can't now. I just hopped on. Cool. I will subscribe and try. Okay, awesome. We would love, I'd love to hear from you in the future. And what I meant is I believe string theory is a failed model, but I don't believe dark matter exists. Love it. Okay, awesome. I, 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 I like this, this statement a lot. I love the sentence. Sorry, I didn't ex, uh, expect anyone to read that. <laughs> I would have waited. Oh, it's okay. I, I, maybe I'm one of the rare, rare people here on, on, on Colin who actually like look at the comments all the time. Uh, this is how I have conversation with you guys sometimes. Um, so no, I love it. I'm really glad that you said that because yeah, the thing is whether or not we believe or not is it could be a failed model or it could be a true model, but yeah, a failed model. So one of the things that we were exploring before, I know you probably are going to pop off in a little bit, but we were exploring sort of the, um, the failure to connect it to gravity and sort of how things behave um, on a, a larger scale, an atomic scale. So in, in the world that we live in right now, where everything is made up of atoms that we understand. Um, as opposed to sort of a mysterious dark force that's calling gra- causing gravity, such as dark matter, or a mysterious vibration of strings that makes up quarks, that makes up neutrons, that makes up atoms, that makes up us. Um, and I think that's something that's really, uh, yeah, it's 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 fun is the only word I could probably say. It's fun. It's um, it's it's because it's so it's so like mind boggling. It's hard to really process these things and think about these things because like we're so used to seeing reality as it is, as physical matter, not as what things might be if we really start to break down our very very own matter uh, or our very essence. So I think that's 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 pretty cool. And this is why these things need to be debated because otherwise, if we just said, oh yeah, you know, Brian Green, yeah, he's right. Let's all just follow what he's saying, then. What would end up happening is is this is how cults form. <laughs> this is literally how cults sometimes form, and um, that's not really a good. This is not how science is, is really really works in the natural world, uh, but it sometimes works like that in human perspective and human opinion. Because I do know of a lot of people who are very um, who follow science as if it's a religion, and then and that anyway. But I'm not going to get into that right now. That's that's just really I think interesting in itself. Uh, where I just sort of am, am, I have a relatively neutral perspective and I have my opinions about things. But with this, I, I don't know enough to have a strong opinion. So, um, yeah, so that's string theory in a nutshell in a, in a short 30-minute episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, please check out the links I shared because there are so many good uh, just, yeah, sources of information out there talking about uh, string theory and multiverse theory and dark matter and um, from all sides of the spectrum of the debate. And I think that it's really valuable to explore all of that. All right, everyone. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start my weekend and hang out with my cat. Um, So I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. Hopefully you have clear skies and you can get outside and look up at the stars and maybe catch a galaxy or two. Um, Otherwise, tune in on Monday. We're going to continue our series of astronomical events. So if you want to know what's in the sky next week, tune in on Monday. Uh, we might push, I might have to push that episode actually to a later, later time. I might do 4 p.m. Kind of random why uh, I want to do a Qigong and Tai Chi class. And I haven't been, been wanting to do that. It always is at the same time as Space Talk. So uh, Monday I might be pushing Space Talk to another time so I can go do Qigong, some energy work. All right, everyone. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Um, have fun. Go look at the stars, uh, you know, 
don't take life too seriously, but at the same time, take things that are serious with, with, uh, with nobility. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Have a wonderful weekend. Take care. Ad Astra.